going to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it like Biggie tried to do, and saying no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666. You can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. So, you know, a lot of times during the holiday season, we hear songs about peace um, and, you know, um, we uh, believe in uh, Luke 2 and 14, which says glory to the God in the highest uh, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So we hear that a lot during this time. But what does that really mean? I think that, you know, when the holiday season comes along. Uh, that's when people really begin to reflect on their families, reflect on the time that they spend with people and, uh, you know, really uh, seeking love, uh, you know, from their uh, family or fellow friends or just whoever's around. Uh, this is just a time when people want to be embraced and they want to be loved on uh, during this period. And, you know, people can have their own take on Christmas and the holidays and all of those kind of things. But nevertheless, when this time comes around, people want to be comforted. They want to be around family. They just want to be loved on. And a lot of times just, you know, some out of uh, bad decisions or our past or just whatever the case we have created, you know, issues with people or people have created issues with us that prevent us from having the peace we need during these times. So I want to talk about peace a little bit today because I think it's just very important. You know, uh, these are things that I've had to do even in my own life. Uh, I, you know, I begin to learn uh, after so many years, you know, you start looking at your own life and you see patterns and behaviors. And I start seeing Patterns and behaviors in my own life that weren't consistent with the word of God. I would have these periods where I would, you know, uh, be in, in a backslidden state or I, I would just be not you know, my mind wouldn't be right or I would have feelings against this person or that person. And and, you know, as I begin to get older, God began to show me, hey, this is a pattern and this happens every time around this time of year. And what's really happening is, you know, this is the manifestation of unrest. You don't have peace. And it's because certain relationships, uh, certain things that people did to you that you haven't gotten past or certain things that you may have done to people that, you know, haven't been reconciled. And so it would just cause me to wild out at certain times of the year, you know, over and over again. And I had to really deal with that and come to an understanding that it wasn't necessarily Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever that was doing it. It was me. It was how I was processing things that had happened to me, how I was dealing with my past, how I was dealing with 
with my childhood and how I was dealing with my relationships with people that uh, had hurt me or people I had hurt. And so, you know, these are very important things. So I want to I want to start out with John 14 and 26, because I want to just kind of try to help us uh, help others uh, just seek peace this time of year and deal with these things once and for all so that they can be rectified and you can have this peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Uh, John 14 and 26 says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Then he says right after that, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Okay, so this is very powerful here because Jesus, who is about to go to the cross, you know, give his life, is saying that he has peace. Why? How can he have peace if he knows he's about to be murdered? He's about to be beaten. He's about to go through some of the worst torment a human being can ever endure. Why does he have peace here? Well, he has peace because he's confident in what this act is going to do. He's confident in his orders from God. He's confident that he has lived his life the way God wanted it lived, the way it was supposed to be lived as a perfect example of example for all of us. So he said, not as the world giveth, because it doesn't matter what the world is doing. The world is not in a state of peace, he says, but I'm giving you the peace I have. I'm leaving it with you and I'm giving it unto you. That means peace under any circumstance, peace under duress, peace under any situation. You can have peace. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid because you can have peace in any situation. So this is what Jesus is exemplifying here. And this is what we have to do, you know, as believers and have to continue to do uh, is have this peace in every, you know, situation. So uh, most of the time, well, I mean, all the time when you don't have peace, it's because of some kind of failed relationship. It's because of something that you did, something that someone did, whatever the case. This is just uh, something that is happening uh, in your life or around your life that's causing unrest and causing you to, you know, be tormented or just feel a certain way, feel some kind of way about somebody, whatever. And then when their name is called when you see them you know you pop up in a notification or online or when you see them around the thanksgiving table or at christmas or whatever you get this feeling in your chest you get this feeling like man i don't want to go i don't want to deal with it well that's that that means you don't have peace that means you don't have peace in that situation so let me give you uh, uh three good points here on seeking peace in those situations and this will help you get peace anywhere from any person from in just anything uh, in any situation whatever you've gone through uh, you can have peace God can give you peace because Jesus basically said uh, you know all I'm getting ready to go through if I can have peace I'm gonna leave that same peace with you and you can have peace as well so these three points I want to make uh, and then I'll be uh, out of your way but the first point is you know in order to seek peace you have to be willing to ask for forgiveness Oh, my goodness. This is hard. Sometimes you got to be willing to ask for forgiveness. Even when you didn't do anything wrong, you have to be willing to ask for forgiveness. That means you have to humble yourself. God obeys his people that won't humble themselves. God doesn't deal with folks that are proud. 
And the reason why is because when you're proud and you can't humble yourself, you can't do what his son did. Jesus humbled himself by leaving his throne and coming here to die for us. And God looks at it like, man, if my son could leave glory, leave my side and go down and do this, you can't humble yourself over that situation where you're in a dispute with someone or you're angry with someone or they did you wrong or whatever, barred your car and wrecked it or whatever happened. You you upset about that and my son gave his life for you and postured himself that way. You can't posture yourself in forgiveness and he died so that you can be forgiven. So this this is, you know, this this just not a good look as far as God is concerned. We have to be able to humble ourselves and forgive. Now remember, only death death is final. So because Jesus died for us, only death is final. Before death, we all have opportunity uh, to get forgiveness, to, to, you know, to choose Christ. As long as you are alive, you can forgive and have peace about any situation. So you have to remember that, but you have to posture yourself. You have to posture yourself and, 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 and you know, uh, put yourself in that position. You got to ask for forgiveness. And this is what people don't want to do. People tell me all the time, I mean, why should I have to do it why should I do the and I tell him I was like look it, it doesn't matter who does it do you want peace if you want peace the first step is you have to be willing to ask for forgiveness and you got to mean it you can't just say you know tell me forgive me for all I did for you uh, to you you know you can't talk like that you have to be really sincere and say you know what uh, my bad if it hurts you from your perspective I, I ask for forgiveness and I, because I want to move on from this and I want you to move on. And so as long as you're alive, you can do this. You know, now this doesn't always mean that a person is going to let it go. Now, you know, that's what you have to remember. So people tell me all the time, I don't want to ask for forgiveness because they're, you know, they're, they're not going to forgive me or whatever the case. That's not your, you know, that's not your worry. You do what's right. You do what you're supposed to do. Uh, but it doesn't always mean people are going to let things go. But if you pursue the peace, God's going to grant you the peace. It's not them that's going to grant you peace. They may or may not grant you forgiveness, but the peace is going to come from God because you made the steps to, you know, uh, uh, ensue peace or to receive peace. You made the steps and that's where it comes from. It comes from him and his spirit. Second uh, Timothy three and three tells us something about perilous times and the times we're living in. We're seeing this more and more. It says without natural affection. Of course, we know this is the LGBT movement and those kind of things. But the second thing that it tells us in uh second timothy three and three is truce breakers and this word right here just you know uh, uh stuck with me when i was reading this and i you know began to seek the lord about it what exactly is a truce breaker well first you got to know what a truce is and a truce is an agreement where you you know you and a, another party come to a mutual agreement and you settle on something and you say okay uh, you know we're going to settle on this we're going to call a truce that means no more war that mean or whatever the situation encompasses that means no more war, no more fighting, whatever. We're calling a truce. That means that we're both taken down for the sake of peace. And that's what a truce is. The Bible said that men would become truce breakers in the last day. That means that that means that you can form a truce with them, meaning you can ask them for forgiveness. They ask you for forgiveness. All can be good. And they say, you know, everything's good. We're all good. Everything's settled. Love you. You love me, man. Love you. We good. We good. And then you look up and that truce is broken and that truce is broken because something inside of them will not allow them to truly move 
past it. And that, of course, you know, is envy and jealousy. Uh, that's in a person that won't allow them to move forward. There's something about the way they feel about you that won't allow forgiveness. And so the Bible is telling us that in the last days, which are these days that we're living in, men would become truce breakers. So you can seek peace and seek forgiveness from some people, but certain ones, because they're truce breakers, even after you've been granted forgiveness, even after you get the peace, they try to disturb the very peace that you receive because they want to break the truce that you guys had formulated. And there's nothing you can do about that. But the good thing about that is the peace of God is not contingent upon their actions. The peace of God comes from him. It comes from his spirit. So once you get this peace, because you settled the situation the way God told you to you have to rely on that you have to stand firm on that the truce is made and the truce isn't between you and the person the truce is between you and God so a person can break the truce all they want they can go back behind your back start it you know just uh, uh, start hating you again start disliking you again whatever the case but your truce wasn't with them your truce was through the spirit of God with the peace of God because he said he left the peace for you. So once you receive that peace in that situation, you just got to let them, you know, deal with themselves because that's not your responsibility. So remember that that's a, you know, that's a hard saying, I know, but you got to remember all you can do is what you can do. And all you can do is forgive and move on and, and try to have the peace or not even try have the peace of God rule in your heart. Uh, Hebrews 12 and 14 says, follow peace with all men, Holiness without no, no man shall see the Lord follow peace with all men. That means that I'm going to ensue peace or I'm going to try to have peace with all men. Is that possible? No, it's not possible uh, because some men don't want peace. But as long as you do it, as long as you do what the word says and obey uh, the Hebrew writer here, then you will have the peace of God. Remember, it's not a covenant that you're making with a person. It's, it's a covenant you're making with God based on the instructions that are given to us in his word. Uh, the, the second point I want to make is empathizing brings peace. This is very important, y'all. This is, oh man, this is so important. I talked about this vantage point. I talked about it. Well, I talk about it all the time. Empathizing, vantage point, all these things, just understanding a person, understanding where they're coming from, understanding why they're hurting, understanding why they do the things they do. This can bring you peace. When you put yourself in someone else's place, you gain understanding of their actions and it helps you pursue peace. So most of the time when a person is hating on you and a person dislikes you and a person is disruptive towards you and despising you or whatever, it's not even toward you. It's some there's something else going on. And if you emphasize or empathize, excuse me, if you empathize, then you can have peace in that situation because, you know, even though it's coming toward me. It's not really at me. It's, it, you know, they're upset about something else. And that's why Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, he said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. What did he mean by that? Well, he knew they did not understand the fullness of the glory of God that was coming. They didn't understand that they had just crucified the, 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 the son of God. They didn't they just didn't understand the dynamics of the situation. And so Jesus asked for forgiveness for them for their lack of understanding. 
understanding. And that's the same thing we have to do. We have to empathize with people for their lack of understanding, their actions, what they're doing. You know, that's almost a a curse of not. I don't want to say curse, but that's almost just a negative thing of where God has brought me down through the years with the knowledge he's given me. The knowledge he's given me causes me to just, you know, decode everything. And so, you know, even when I want to be mad at someone, I can't even be mad because I understand where they're coming from. I understand their heart. I understand how they feel. So I empathize with them. And then, you know, the the most important thing about empathy is understanding that we all have sinned. So there's error in all of us. We all have dropped the ball. Some of us, you know, have just we were just filthy rags and and, and wretches, uh, you know, before the Lord saved us. And through that process of salvation and cleansing and many of us fell backslid in backslidden states, whatever the case, but God's grace and mercy brought us back. So Romans uh, three and 23 says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is our empathy posture. We have to remember that everyone has sin or have dealt with sin or been in it. So when a person is firing off at you, or upset at you, or just won't, you know, give you peace that you want or whatever the case, you have to empathize with them and understand that used to be me. Now, maybe I wasn't handling things like that. Maybe I wasn't doing things like that, but I was doing something. And so because I was doing something and all have sinned, I have to have understanding. And the way you get understanding is prayer. You can pray for understanding. And, and, and what's most important is to pray for understanding before you judge a situation. You know, don't jump in a situation emotionally without praying for understanding and asking God, Lord, you know, help me empathize with this person. What are they going through? What, what's in their heart? You know, I had a man tell me the other day, you know, he was talking to his son-in-law and his son-in-law fired off at him and just start going off off on him and he realized man this, this, this kid is not yelling at me he's yelling at his father or his own father and he was able to empathize in that situation and handle that situation peaceably now just imagine if he hadn't just imagine if he had taken those words as toward him and lashed back he could have ruined a marriage he could have ruined a family he could have you know just it could have just been very destructive but because he decided to empathize, look past what the person was saying and say, you know what? This isn't even about me or directed toward me. This guy is hurting for another reason. That's what we have to do. We have to posture ourselves that way. And the Bible tells us we can ask the father to give us wisdom and understanding. And James, he said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of the father who giveth freely. And that way we can properly approach these situations and you know, minimize the collateral damage. And that's that's what this is all about. Can we minimize the collateral damage by get, having understanding and empathizing one toward another? Proverbs 19 and 18 says something that is is very powerful concerning this. He says, he that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul. That's peace. You see what I'm saying? That's peace in your own soul. That If you get wisdom on a situation. So instead of firing off, instead of going off instead of acting emotionally if you get wisdom that means you love your own soul and you will have peace in your own soul the rest of that says he that keepeth understanding shall find good that means in any situation the situation may look bad but if you have understanding in that situation you can find good in that situation uh the third point i want to make uh is you know um you got to pray for peace 
even when it hurts. And prayer is the key here. Prayer is very important. You got to pray for peace even when it hurts. Anybody ever had to hit them knees and pray when they really didn't want to, but you knew you had to? You know, we love to hit our knees when it comes to material things and we need the bills paid and Lord, I need a husband, a wife, God, I need this or that. Or we can hit our knees when we just then fell off into the deepest, darkest corner of sin and we, we you know lord forgive me we want to pray that prayer but man when it comes to peace in a situation especially when you're not even at wrong it's hard that's that's a hard one to hit your knees and do that but the word of god tells us to posture ourselves like that that's because jesus did it for all of our sins for all of us being wayward for all of us just being a hot mess jesus prayed for us on the cross don't 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 count this toward them but forgive them that was an act of forgiveness for even taking his own i mean taking his life uh for killing christ that he he was like you know forgive him so we got to pray for peace even when it hurts all the pain he was in when he prayed that prayer yet jesus prayed the prayer of forgiveness matthew 5 and 44 says but i say unto you love your enemies Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you you know and i know we're living in a militant society where people want to protest all the time and they want to stand up in different things and you know that's a conversation for another day but this is the posture of a believer a posture of a believer is to love their enemies and bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you what is this about praying for them that despise despitefully use you what is this about well this is jesus posturing us all to make things better and bring this peace upon the world and this is the posture so we have to remember this because when you are able to hit your knees and pray for someone that is despitefully using you you'll have instant peace listen to what i'm saying you have instant peace about it when you're able to humble yourself and pray for those that did you wrong that's instant peace right then you've already jumped over a huge hurdle in your own heart and your own mind just by being able to pray call these people by name and say lord forgive them i forgive them make this situation better for them the posture of prayer is going to always give you humility and this is what we need we have to have this humility god does not do the proud thing he doesn't do the flying in the face thing people that think they're better than others and that kind of thing he just doesn't do that because we're all filthy rags and we're all sinners and we all have sin so we all need to posture ourselves in the posture of prayer so that we can have the humility we need and and we can um uh, pray for peace and you know get rid of this hurt and uh, really bless those that are, are, are really hurting us uh, finally I want to kind of talk about this a lot of times peace is hard to come by when we've made bad decisions uh, people are haunted by bad decisions that's what our society is is wrapped in right now this is why the pharmaceutical industry is skyrocketing because people are taking all kinds of drugs for anxiety depression and all these different things because they're haunted by bad decision their bad choices are making their lives bad it's, it's hurting the peace of their lives and so I want to talk about a few of these things especially emotional decisions you know emotional decisions can bring us constant grief meaning in that we will always regret it. We will always live in regret of it. So we have to pray for peace 
in our decisions so that we don't have to live in regret. Now, let me tell you something about regret that the Lord began to show me. Regret is going to always birth envy and jealousy toward those that may have made a better decision. This is the Cain syndrome. So, you know, Cain killed Abel because Abel was making a better choice than him. And instead of making a better choice, he elected to kill Cain. This is a Cain syndrome. And this is what regret does. This is what it does. It, it births envy and jealousy toward those that are just making a better decision. And if they're making a better decision, you ought to just make a better decision. This way, your decisions, even if you've made bad decisions, you can get forgiveness for those decisions and start right then making better ones. Hebrews 12 and 15 says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. So you don't want this root of bitterness troubling you this envy and this jealousy springing up in you and troubling you you can't fail of the grace of God you have to let the grace of God handle your bad decisions listen people let the grace of God handle it that it may be a divorce it may be you know uh, 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 you may have fallen into sin or drugs or just whatever the case is you may have went through those periods in your life but now you're a new creation so you make better decisions now and you use the the grace of God to cover that past. You know, don't surround yourself with people that make you feel better about your past. No, surround yourself with the grace of God so that you can make better decisions and look back at your past and say, you know, look how far I've come in the Lord because I'm not making those kind of decisions anymore. You just got to pick up where you are right now and you can't resent others because they've done it or you can't resent others because they are further along than you. No, just get further along. That's all Cain had to do was what Abel did. And we wouldn't have the first murder in the Bible uh, by them uh, or by him. And the second thing, you got to let yourself off the hook. And this is hard, man. If you grew up Pentecostal and and holiness uh, or, or a part of the holiness movement, the older holiness movement, like I grew up, man, it's hard to let yourself off the hook because you really got beat down for sin. You got beat down so much for sin until you just left church and went in sin. You know, that's the kind of the way it was. Young folks, you know, you get a certain age, you just stop going because you were beat down so hard. And what they were doing, and I'm not justifying the beat down, but what they were trying to do was keep you from making the decisions that they made. So I understand that to a certain extent. A lot of it was too harsh, but I understand it. So that's why, you know, I don't do that kind of stuff, man. When you make a bad decision, let's just get it right. Let's make a better one next time. That's how we have to be. We have to let ourselves off the hook or we'll be tormented by our bad decisions. Grace is here for our bad choices and error. That's what grace is all about. We may have done people wrong, but if we ask for forgiveness, then it will be granted by God, even if it's not granted by them. So even if people don't let you off the hook, you can get the grace of God and you can have the peace because those things don't come from a person. Those things come from God. The beauty of grace is that it doesn't belong to man. So it's God's unmerited favor. And that's who we're getting it from. First John one and nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from how much righteous unrighteousness, all unrighteousness, everything you've ever done, everything in your past, everything. He can cleanse you from it. He's faithful. The Bible says, and just to forgive if we confess 
our sins. And then, you know, uh, lastly, deliverance is a key to peace. This is how you get peace. So if you really want to live in peace, you got to you, you got to walk out deliverance. We got to break free from sin and the sin cycles that plague us from our past. And this is something that we all have to do, especially when you're born or raised with some kind of trauma or something in your life. And man, this thing just keeps sparking some kind of habit, some kind of thing that you keep going back and doing and, and all these kind of things. Well, this is going to mess with your peace because you're not going to have peace if you're constantly struggling with sin or you're constantly bound to sin. You got to get past it. And that's something, you know, that the Lord has shown me down through the years because of my past and because of the things that I was subject to when I was young, things happened to me. And man, these things start coming back as I got older. I had to deal with these things. And I'm like, Lord, what is going on? Well, this is a part of deliverance from your issues. And this is why I preach the way I preach. You know, people, I, I preach about issues. I preach about these things. And, you know, this is why I preach even about how we raise our children and parents being home with the children more and spending more time with them or homeschool and these kind of things to protect our children from some of the issues that we have, some of the sin issues that we've had, some of them that have altered our lives, changed our lives, that have led to some bad decisions and judgment. We want to protect our children from them. So we're doing a better job in being proactive in raising them a different way so they can have opportunity we didn't have. That's why I preach it. That's why I believe it, because I think I mean, I believe that's the answer for for, you know, for our time that we're living in. But the key to freeing our mind and being able to live peaceably is to break free from sin and deliverance, getting deliverance from sin. Sin causes torment. It will keep you bound. It will keep you punished. It will keep you down. It will mess your life up. So we got to break free, break sin cycles. We just have to do it. This is what God wants us to do. And this will bring us peace. This is a very strong key to uh, having the peace of God. And always remember, God's power can free us. You know, the Bible says in uh, Colossians 3 and 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be thankful. So let it rule. Don't let sin rule. The Bible said, don't let ha- don't let sin have reign. If sin has reign, you're not going to have peace. But if you let the peace of God rule in your heart, you can live free from sin. Peace is a spiritual fruit uh, from God's Holy Spirit. So we must the, the Holy Spirit must be in us in order for it to operate. So remember that it's a spiritual fruit, but it comes from the Holy Spirit. So we got to be filled with the Holy Ghost in order to have God's peace. Remember, peace is a blessing. Matthew five and nine says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And peace makes your life better. The quality of your life will improve. Science even proves that we got to learn to make peace with people so that we're not constantly stressed and strained physically, naturally, and emotionally by all this turmoil. We got to have peace. And the final thing I want to say to you is always remember, you must be a peacemaker in order to have peace. That means you have to pursue peace. Nobody can give it to you until you first pursue it. You must pursue peace in every situation. Try to work it out. Like I said, there are truce breakers. There are people that are scorned that you can't work it out with, but try. And once you make that approach, God will grant the peace to you for your efforts to make things better. 
You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com. 